What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 40 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and this is the first episode of 2017. I uh, got Fish Sticks here, got Jason here, back from, I guess, all your uh, crazy New Year's partying, if you guys were able to get out there and party. Is that what you guys were doing? Germany wild? Yep. <laughs> yeah, code's pretty crazy, actually, with the... Uh with new year's <clears throat> yeah it's like literally seriously. everyone buys fireworks and you go outside you light them all when new year's takes over and i swear like for an hour straight i saw fireworks in the sky the entire time it was pretty cool oh wow that's awesome how about you ben? It's a, it's a city too, with this year? yeah that's that's a whole controversy <laughs> yeah. where the police chief uh, was racially profiling or having his uh, cadets or his officers racially profiled but there was no incidents but Not yeah, it? oh, that's fantastic. Germany, yeah, but <laughs> Germany fantastic. and racially profiling people has a bad history, so we don't need to talk too much about that. Yeah, can turn this into. Sorry, I, I don't even. I probably shouldn't have even brought that up. That's a whole <laughs> political can of worms. But uh, anyway, yeah, Twitch is, is is anything now, man. We can talk about politics on the overview if we want, <laughs> but I guess let's let's avoid that unless it has something to do with you know omnics. I think the big important thing, though, is forget New Year's. Look where I am. I'm not at the yes. office. I'm He's fucking at home because I have internet. How many months? How many months did that take? Um, ever internet. since I moved in. So August. August. Oof. That's crazy. That's actually crazy. But you've been gone for like 60% of that. You've been. However, yeah. the I didn't actually. I wasn't able to get internet until I just got it now. Like it wasn't like a date before I could have gotten it. It's now. Now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, 2017 means we've got a connected Jason at home. That's that's kind of nice. That's definitely nice. At least for the show, more more convenient for you instead of. I know you were hanging around the studios like for hours and hours to do the show before, which not fun. Not fun. Twelve hour days at work is is great. <laughs> uh, ben, how are the mountains, man? You've been skiing and snowboarding, right? Yeah, I got a chance to hit the slopes, uh, but. Two days after we left the mountains, it has now dumped two feet of snow. Uh, basically, like it, it actually wasn't that great, even though it's rained a lot in Northern California. Well, it really wasn't that great in Tahoe. But people who are going like next week are probably going to have an, an amazing time because yeah, yeah. uh, it has just been dumping, which is great as a Californian because <laughs> it, it, we have been in a serious drought for a really long time. But last year, El Nino, it actually rained. This year, it's raining even more than El Nino last year. So, crossing my fingers. Good. Things are going well so far. That's great, man. Last thing we need is like to have to control how many times you got to flush the toilet <laughs> you know, yeah. and things like that. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, New Year's over Not here. It's, it's pretty quiet, actually, this year. Uh, usually, we usually have this party that we have every single year. And this is the first year in like, I don't know how many years that they didn't have it. So, we were just like, what do we do? What do we do? So we just hung out. And actually, me and my son played Overwatch a ton on New Year's Eve. Uh, solid. Yeah, definitely solid. So why don't we go into just, I guess, what we've been doing, just Overwatch-wise. Jason tweeted a video of his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that, you. Uh, that was you playing That was me, Reinhardt? yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. You don't recognize uh, the squeals? I, I wasn't sure about the squeals, but I, I thought I recognized your voice in the beginning of it, talking... <laughs> But, yeah, that uh, was um, that was that was one of those moments where you're just like, God damn it! When you're playing uh, Reinhardt and you're trying to use your Earth Shatter and a Roadhog ults you and he just doesn't let you touch the ground. That was that was fun though. It was good. We I won the game. Show this. I, gotta show this. <laughs> I gotta show this. Uh, this is funny. Got my Grandmaster back, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty. That's happy. pretty great. Wow. 
Wait, so Jason, you're telling me that we queued and played in NA like oh, several days in a row, and we both derank like hundreds of SR. And as soon as you go back to Europe, you're grandmasters again. Like, yeah, that that that's a thing. Well, I'm on a computer, so that helps. I was on a laptop before, um, but no, like people don't troll as much in EU as they do in NA. Like. Yeah, you occasionally get those people who were just like, you know what, screw you guys. I'm going to play Hanzo the entire time and do nothing. But NA was the worst. Like, I don't even <laughs> I don't even want to get too salty about it. But it was just it was literally the worst. Like, multiple games in a row of people who just didn't know how to play the hero they were on. And people who just would not care about playing at all. Like, a comp. They would just play whatever they want because they didn't care. Because they were just having fun. They haven't, <laughs> he's not played Genji ever. Had three games total on it. Played Genji because he wanted to have fun in ranked. Thanks, man. Go fuck yourself. God forbid having fun, but yeah. The, on, on con, you can have fun. You can go play on quick play if you're going to have fun, right? <laughs> exactly. You, you know, the best thing to do... So, again, just reiterating for like the fourth, third, fourth time, you know, this season, I'm just playing with my son, right? And we were kind of doing this platinum gold thing right now, just in, in that range. And, <laughs> you know, the hardest thing is to have to like give life lessons or teach life lessons to my son when when you've got... Guys that will play Hanzo and people reply with, "You play Hanzo, I quit." It, it's your points on the line right now, <laughs> you know. So it's, and and they're just like going back and forth the entire time before we start the game. I'm just like, just just don't listen to them, son. Just don't listen to them all. It's not the right way well, to solve problems. Like when I was streaming today, I was saying to people like, I I can understand people to play Widowmaker because you're just a really good Widowmaker or Baby Bastion or something, right? I'm fine with you playing a, like a, a weird hero and having like an odd comp, but it's when a hero doesn't work and you don't switch. Like when you're purposely being an asshole, that's when I get pissed off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But anyways. Yeah, so I mean, that's ladder. I mean, I've come to expect it, but it sounds like EU ladder and Korean ladder are a little bit better in terms of that. So a little bit less salt. Um, but talking about the ladder, we had a new, we have our new map finally available. The update was, um, or the patch was earlier today. If you guys haven't been on Overwatch, if you log on, you can go ahead and download that. But Oasis is now out and available on the ladder. Uh, haven't gotten a chance to queue it up, just been trying to, but still haven't gotten a chance to run into it. But Ben, you, we were just talking about it, right? Right before. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a totally gorgeous map. I can't wait to actually play some games on it and, I'm just excited to have another King of the Hill map. I really like King of the Hill. Yep. Uh, it's balanced by necessity. It's it's symmetrical, entirely balanced. Uh, so that's that's a nice thing uh, about King of the Hill in general. Uh, it just dilutes the pool a little bit more, so slight less chance of getting those two CP assault maps that everyone seems to be kind <laughs> of like salty about on. Like these days. That's actually yeah. a really good point. Less I didn't think about blues. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's slight, but I'll take it. And uh, if you think about it, we've got Eichenwald, uh, we've got Ilios since the game came out, uh, we've gotten a couple of maps, we've got a couple of heroes. It seems like Blizzard is basically on like, basically every other month we're going to get a new map or a new hero, mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, and that seems like a pretty good cadence to be. I mean, obviously, you want it, you want as much as you can get, but I'm pretty happy with that cadence of basically every, every other month getting a big content patch. And the, cool like thing, and the cool thing is we know what's coming, too, because the PTR just sets us up for it. So uh, in, in some ways, it's not like a huge reveal moment whenever it finally does come out to production. But that I, I'm totally 
okay with with it not being just you know this crazy moment now that's out uh just knowing in advance that they're doing stuff and and what they're working on is great i don't think they made any changes to oasis while i was on ptr like did, did you guys hear about any anything like that i I don't think they've made any changes sure. to any of the maps. <laughs> now that I think about it. any of the new maps, I don't think they've ever made changes in the PTR. Ice uh, uh, well, they changed the bridge or no, the payload speed after the first checkpoint. Oh, the that speed. moves quicker right, through the right. second the, phase. The bridge. The but bridge I, but I don't think part. that was from PTR to live. I think that was just from live to a patch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Oasis. Hopefully, you guys get a chance to play it. Well. I'm sure I'll be able to play it a lot more. All of us will finally get a chance to play it under real circumstances, and we can review it a bit more. But um, but but before we switch off that topic, yeah, what yeah. I'm really curious about is if there's predetermined map pools for tournaments still. Yeah, yeah. How does that affect the map pool in that one? Are they still going to try to limit to like one king of the hill? So good to think about this way is that they had one map as like a default tiebreaker map, so it was typically. Mm -hmm. Um, Ilios, because they didn't want people to play Ilios or something, or, or it was Nepal. No, sorry, it was Nepal. It was like the default tiebreaker map. So, with having a fourth King of the Hill map, fourth control map in this one, does this mean you're potentially going to get like two controls in a map pool for a match? If okay. they continue to go that that route, yeah. yeah. Well, nobody knows yeah. how <laughs> map picking is going to be. True. Uh, everyone's just like every single tournament's just different and changing well, I, think the, and I think the map pool drama will be, and all that yeah i think the map pool will be an interesting discussion with what we're about to talk which i didn't really cover the, the general synopsis of what we were doing today so of course we're doing our weekend overwatch right now we're going to talk about some esport news with lunatic high adding a few uh, players to the roster but that opens up a big discussion point about just having uh, more than six players on your roster and what that really means i think this whole map pool and you know what's available is is uh somewhat related to that discussion too so we can talk some more about that then um also we've got um some news about nge uh, the event that's uh, going to be happening or is happening right now uh, as well as our hopes for 2017 what we're you know just hoping that's going to happen in the overwatch community and competitive overwatch Lastly, Q&A, of course, go ahead and tweet those to myself at ChamMV, and we'll try, we'll, we'll probably take a little, a few more questions than we normally take. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, going back to the map, any, anything else, guys, for you, you uh, just in terms of playing Overwatch? The holidays, I believe, end today, the Winter Wonderland, or did it, did it just end with a patch? I, I didn't actually re notice if it did. I know while I, I was getting it, the patch. So was, I still uh, got the splash screen with the winter will okay, so it's still going screen. on so it's still it going seems on. like it's still going on yeah i thought it was ending last night uh so yeah, i bought like 15 loot boxes and <laughs> oh, nice. uh, or like nice. 17 I, I don't even know how many loot boxes i bought last night uh so i could make sure to get everything i needed to get um uh, and I, yes i bought loot boxes because i felt passionately about skins for the first time something weird is happening man which one was the way one? Before. Which one was the one that like motivated I, you? I wanted the Winston Yeti. Oh, oh that's okay. but, I don't have that's that worth it. But but because I because I opened like sixteen loot boxes, I got like the May emote emote. Like I got all these great uh, skins and emotes that I didn't even know I wanted. So <laughs> something has changed in my DNA. I finally uh, I finally care about cosmetics. I don't know. Well, this is this is what's interesting about it, right? Is that I've bought fifty cases every like patch that comes out for it. Nice. Good lord. But what nice. about esport cases, right? Like in Counter Strike, where it can contribute to a price pool of a tournament oh or the price pool of a Crossing league. My fingers on like this the one. Overwatch League, maybe if you buy those, like the oh compendium, boy. you buy it, then it eventually works towards, you know, something for the league or for the tournaments. Or maybe in general, like 
any money contributed gets trickled into third party events as well. Like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool to have some gambling. I mean, never mind, never mind. Um, but <laughs> oh, no, Chris. No, it would be, it would definitely be great to have the <laughs> something equivalent to the compendium and that that <laughs> ability. What would you have for these cases if you were just like guns and, and that sort of thing? Different guns for the characters, or honestly, who I don't even care what Dude, it is. Team it, logo. It, it, Team logo items. Sure. Like Team Logo is oh, cool. Like right. it gives yeah. pride and, and to the teams and maybe we can teams do some raise. revenue share with the teams. But I don't it doesn't even matter to me what put is put in this esports case or if it's any different than a, a normal loot box at all. I mean if you look at other games like Smite, uh like even That's games true. like Killer Instinct, like had it was just a specific skin for a specific character, had nothing to do with like teams or players, or whatever. It just raised money for a prize pool, mm-hmm. and it works every time. So yeah. whatever the case is, uh, case, yeah, give us esports cases, <laughs> That's please. Right. That's right. Oh, one last thing too. There's a. It's the last day for the Nexus challenge. So if you want the Genji skin, the the demon skin, uh, go and finish that Heroes of the Storm challenge. I still have one game to play. I need to definitely do that tonight, or else uh, I'll be screwed. I'll be left without that awesome skin. It's definitely one of the best Genji ones, in my opinion. Okay, well, I why don't we move into uh, some of the news, some of the eSport news, which uh, the big one is the Lunatic High, adding two more players. Uh, Zunba, famous from a World Cup, making that amazing play. Actually, that, that was the play that we talked about last week. As At least that was my play of the, the year, was uh, the awesome play he made in Eichenwald during uh, the World Cup. Also, Who Are You uh, is another player who is definitely less known. What? What are you laughing about? I'm just, I'm just glad you said that because oh, I forgot here. it's pronounced like that. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say something else. Right. Oh, God, you're so bad. It is spelled in the very... Well, actually, it's not spelled. It's just who and then the letter R and the letter U. Uh, but anyways, he's a lot less known. So um, actually, I, I don't know much about who are you, but did look at the profile when they announced you know, just the, the addition and, and some of the things that he's been doing. Sounds like a great player too. But... Uh, one thing to note or one thing to point out is that they're not replacing anybody on Lunatic High. They're Right. That's the yeah, thing, right? That's the biggest that thing. Tejan has gotten so much hate on the team oh, from the community. He's gotten pressured from the organization. It's actually his whole team got pressured from the organization to kick him off the team, yep. but instead they wanted to keep him. But adding two new people onto the roster, like I mean, there's no other Roadhog player on the team except him, but his Genji was not to the level of assuming who are you is going to be. Like we saw him play against Manhattan uh, at IM Gyeonggi and he got hooked like every single time. Yeah. So was... what do you do in that situation? Like, is this like a slow transition of him out of the team? Maybe like, w- would you pick someone up? Like, I guess that's the follow up question. If you know, someone's really good on Genji traits, like you have a shadow burn who, but he only plays Genji and doesn't try to play anything else. Do you pick up that player on your team and then try to sub them into matches? Or do you try to make them learn other heroes? Like, I don't know. That's that's really odd for me. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a very unique uh, in esports. You don't see this very often <laughs> right. where a team... I mean, you don't see this in CSGO. You don't... I mean, CSGO is a little bit different, obviously, but uh, you don't see this in League or Dota where a, a team, you know, you've got a six-man roster. Now, Lunatic High has eight people on the team. Uh, and the... I guess the notion here is that some people have spe- specific specialties with some heroes. Zumba, obviously, we know him as an incredible Zarya player. Uh, is he primarily Zarya? Is like, is he a Zarya main that like only plays Zarya and he just specializes in Zarya? 
if so, he's probably a step above like any other Zarya player that you know bounces between other tanks, plays off tank, maybe some Diva, whatever. Uh, but then this begs like a ton of different questions. First of all, in a best of five, do you swap players in and out depending on the map? Is that something you can do? Like I can only imagine that would add that would just be a logistical nightmare for tournaments, swapping someone in and out, having to change all the settings, all their equipment, whatever is a big pain. So is that is that something tournaments will even allow? Is that something teams would even want to do if they had the opportunity to do so? And if Korea is doing it now, you got to imagine the rest of the world is watching. Uh, you know, Korea is usually ahead of the game when it comes to not just the game itself, but the meta game of uh, you know how to practice right, how to build the proper team. So if if let's say Apex OGN they do allow these teams to swap players in and out in the course of a best of five, will other tournaments follow suit? Then all of a sudden, teams that only have six people on their roster are potentially at a disadvantage. And yeah. Jason, I think you were touching on it for a second there. There's a lot of teams that have like one particular disadvantage. You know, Fnatic comes to mind as a team that doesn't have someone that plays projectile, uh, you know, Farah Genji at like the ultra sickest highest level. They have a lot of they have a lot of hit scan heroes. Uh, so could they like make a roster move and try to steal Shadow Burn? You know, just so yeah. they have a pocket Genji. Uh, you know, this opens up a lot of interesting. It's not even worth it, though. Like, it, I, to, maybe to not. Pick I don't up know. a Genji yeah. only player, like that player gets nothing yeah. except money being on the team, and the team is just draining resources. And that player doesn't become really famous unless that hero's played in the meta at the time. That's well, I I think it's the, the economic aspect of it for the team or the organization. I think is is probably the biggest reason as to why we haven't seen in esports. You have to pay another person, you know, whatever that amount is, the salary for each of those players. And like you said, maybe only playing half the time. Uh, that's the negative for sure, no question. Obviously, and, and yet, as that person, yeah. like as that organization, you can't say to that player, "Oh, we're only going to pay you half because you're not really active on the team." Right. When that player is like, "All right, well, screw you guys. I'm going to join another exactly. team, get paid full salary, and play the entire time." Right. You can't be paid per per match. You know, that's right. that sort of uh, that sort of model. But the biggest, but I have to say, from the other standpoint, it's much easier to to build a complete roster or at least a complete lineup depending on the metagame or even just the, uh, the event, if you do have more players, kind of like what, what Ben was alluding to there. If you could have seven, eight players, you probably could put the optimal lineup for that particular meta, for that particular map, at, you know, more consistently than having to pick like, these, these very flexible players. There's not very many of them. I and mean, we talked about Misfits, right? Why they're so special. They have like a roster full of guys that can play tons of different characters. Therefore, it leads to probably probable consistency in success when, when metas change. So I, I think this is super intriguing. I, I'm, I'm actually thinking that this will be where uh, things start to head and, you know, Korea leading the way with it. I mean, we, we've seen Korea be the first to, to have multiple teams for an organization, right? Like we see Red and Blue, we see Frost and Blaze, we see, you know, and I, I think uh, even with LW, right, last week or the week Roaster before. and Bullets. Yeah, we saw Blue and Red kind of combine and it was just under the red you know, it was basically just the red uh, brand that they were using, but it was a combination of both teams already. So, um, yeah, I, I see this being just the beginning of it. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, people are pointing out in chat in League, they were to do this, like, even during Worlds, like, Korean teams will swap players depending on, like, what they want to run for that game and such. And we even saw it um, at APAC when, when Uber and I were there with Beachy Gaming, where XBG, he's mostly like a Roadhog player. At the time, Roadhog wasn't played too, too much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he would play support for the team because they would want him to be able to flex over to Roadhog if they needed it to make their comp work. And they had uh, Huey One, um, or I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong, who actually was their main professional support player, but they only used him on King of the Hill. So like they would actually sub people in between maps. And there was even another team, I can't think off the top of my head, I think it was IG Fire, um, involving a McCree player, where they didn't have a McCree player on the team necessarily, or in the main core, they had a, a sub would actually would come in and play McCree for them whenever they needed a McCree player for a map. Uh, how does that work actually in League? Are there restrictions on how many times you can swap in a best of five? Can you do it between every map? Honestly, couldn't tell you uh, if there's restrictions. I just know they can do it between maps. Yeah, I don't see and then I guess not, yeah. I guess Overwatch has to find their own way. Can you do it between halves? Or are you locked with the roster you run <laughs> on that map? Are you locked with the roster once you start the series that you can't actually change anyone? Because, like, say, you know what team is really susceptible to a Genji? Like, you can really want a Genji player well. All right, let's put, our, let's put Shadowbird in on our team for this match, for this roster, uh, for this lock, and then try to beat him with that. Isn't, isn't that what happens in professional sports? You have to submit your roster ahead of time of who's actually going to be starting and and such for your team. Like in baseball, they do that. I know that for a fact. Yeah, you, you do when you start, but obviously they can sub at any point. And there's a there's a possible limitation to how many times you can sub, like in soccer and uh, even in baseball. Well, actually, baseball is probably just limited to the number of people. Because once you've subbed in, they can't play again. That, that's another right. thing we can talk about too, right? Like it could be this restriction of it. Yeah, once he's subbed out, he's done. Like you can't you can't play him again. And that, that'd be kind of neat. Um, I... I think the question is, if we do this, do we start, like, where do we start, you know, in terms of what you're talking about right now? Do we, do we start with a more just very flexible version of it? So, no, they, they, you know, as long as they, they set their lineups before each game, it's cool. You know, that being the, obviously the most, the most um, aggressive way of doing it. Actually, the most aggressive way to doing it would be during games. You have guys literally swap chairs and shit. That would be hilarious, dude. But uh, I, I'm, I'm throwing that out, first off. But even just for game to game, I think that would be the most aggressive. Do you think that's the best way to start it? Or should we do something where it's just like match to match? I'm actually in favor of doing it game to game. I think it would add an interesting so like series of everything. Series? Just to clarify, uh, no, 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 game within, to game, within like a game best one, of five. game two, game three, yeah. Okay, so I map, mean, so, okay, yeah, map to map, map to map, same thing, yeah. Yeah, for me, the biggest problem is the the tournament organization standpoint of getting people situated. Do you have to have an extra PC? Uh, but if that's solvable, I think it adds an interesting layer of metagame. I like it. I'd like mm -hmm. to see this. Uh, this take, you know, be part of the the other. I guess the other issue is for team owners, you have to have one or two more people on your roster uh, salaried. Otherwise, you're not going to be as strong of a team. Uh, and that could be difficult for some. But otherwise, I like it a lot. Like, So my question is, who would you rate higher? A team that flexes in someone like this, that like changes players depending on map they're on or something, or matchup, or a team that can still play with the same six. Like, in your guys' minds, who's the better team in that situation? Because one team has to rely on swapping players where their team is confident enough to win with the six they have. Well, or I mean, are, are they? Can you compare skill between the two like that? Obviously, the team with less players is is more a more efficient from cost and even from the standpoint of strategic uh, standpoint when it's the same six players, you don't know what they're going to be playing. Where if you sub in this guy, oh, they're, they're going with Genji. Like, we, we, should, we should, you know, play whatever comp that we think counters that the best. You know, if you do have a specialist coming to your lineup, it, it tells you, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a tell for your opponent. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I still, I, I think if you're a more flexible team, you're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, but hard to know without seeing it in practice. It's hard to accomplish too. Like, you know, right now it's hard to, to have a team that's just full of, of players that are accomplished in so many characters and there's going to be more or heroes. There's going to be more heroes coming out in the future and more meta, you know, different meta. And it's, it's just a hard problem to chase. Uh, more players will continue to get better and better at it. But if you want to have success, like right now, I think it's going to be difficult. Like these, the same teams are going to have a difficult problem and certain players will be worth a lot more right now. So maybe those players don't want it to happen, <laughs> like the flexible players. But um, generally speaking, I think it's hard to accomplish. And you also have to worry about like synergy within the team. Like there's only so many hours in a day and so many hours you can practice in, the, in a day. Like, are you going to have, I mean, if you're paid professionally, obviously it's not a big deal, but like you have to have those eight people waiting around the entire day with the scrims. So you have the other two who aren't in the scrim analyzing the games, which is, is a big plus. But at the same time, to get that level of synergy between all eight players, I'm assuming you're going to have like a core of four and like two who could potentially yeah. swap out. But to have like the synergy be the same with both squads is still a little bit rough. Like that's a tough ask. Obviously that you know, pro teams will be able to do that, but that's so much extra work to do to make this kind of work for your team, like to have subs. It's, yeah, it's something that will separate pro teams from amateur teams. You know, like what we what we have right now is still a pretty, uh, pretty big meld between the two right now. You know, I, I think we still have, a, you know, groups of players that are generally still more from the mindset of an amateurish type of, uh, you know, just viewpoint and and how they approach just how they're practicing in games and everything uh and and, it, and it's still good enough like some of the players are just so good that it ables it's able to translate into what our, the pro scene is right now but as we get more and more serious as we get closer to the league i think you will see that separation and and this type of thing will just you know we'll just put those teams that do have these multiple players and able to ha- put their most efficient lineup in every single event it'll separate them from everybody else that can't do that and that'll be good that just means that the play is going to be even better right the quality is going to be even better than what we see yeah and anyway it's an interesting discussion point we'll we'll see how it shakes out for lunatic high who now has these eight players um so we'll we'll get an opportunity to see how this shakes out really soon um whatever the next tournament is in Korea. I guess maybe last point, one last point about it. I think it's, no, just one last point, just because I think <laughs> I, it's, I, honestly, I think I it's keep really talking cool. about this for like half an hour at least. Yeah, we could. It's just really right. interesting. From a production no standpoint, to, from the production standpoint, I think it's cool. Like even from a, you know, just a pundit standpoint or, what, or just us, it's great to be able to talk to people who are the best in the world at certain character and not have to like, oh, but you know what? When, you know, like Tails, you know, Fair's not in the meta. So, you know, he's just not as good when Fair is not in the meta. But, you know, when Fair is in the meta, he's like amazing. You know, when we're talking about, you know, Tailspin or whoever. And, um, I, I hate having to do that. You know, it sucks when like some of these players don't, um, aren't able to still have that same type of prestige or whatnot whenever the game changes to, to what, uh, to a different state. And it's still going to happen to a degree. But at least, you know, that person will still retain value, like heavy, uh, like lots of um, specialty value for teams from the standpoint of, you know, how much they can get paid, you know, salary-wise and that sort of thing. So, like, even even relating to that, like, would you rate 
a person who can okay so like look, for instance like to Vic, right let's say yeah he might not have a better genji just for an example i might not have a better genji than shadowburn who in this situation is only playing genji but he plays so many more heroes better he plays okay he plays a, a wider range of heroes to a better level than he does would that mean to Vic is a better player like obviously like i said it depends on the meta right but in a game when maybe you need someone to switch something weird to make an attack work then wouldn't like to wouldn't a flex player like to Vic be more valuable than a player who only plays like one or two heroes like yeah he still would be how you judge it i guess there's still a category for just most well-rounded player because you know in overwatch we can change we can swap heroes within a game so in that state if somebody does make a change or his team does make a swap uh Tavik's going to be incredibly valuable because he can swap to adjust to it or he can make that swap to to um counter whatever the other team's doing so in the end there's a special category for these well-rounded characters or for these well-rounded players too all right well i mean sounds like ben wants to move on though <laughs> no i i just like i don't have too much more to say on the topic personally yeah i think it's interesting i think it's a cool concept who knows how tournament organizers are going to deal with it? I, I have no idea. I mean, if, if you think about traditional sports, yeah, every traditional sport, you know, you have a bench. If there's a squad, you have a bench. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that, that's different because you have to exert yourself physically. So you swap them in and out because of, you know, tiredness. But well, know, that's not uh, true. Even strategically, like we've seen it recently in football. Uh, probably in the last five years, I'd say. Um, you know, we, we've seen the spread offense become something uh, a lot more popular in college. This is okay. This is for all the sports guys. You can just like just turn off now if you're just a pure gamers. But like the spread offense has become like a big thing in college football, and in some of the teams that win the national championship run a spread offense. Doesn't work quite as well in the NFL, and it's just been something that uh, for a lot of years people have just ruled out because of how uh, gifted the defensive players are. So running quarterbacks and things like that just don't work in the NFL. But we have seen. People go to that wildcat package where you have a essentially a runner as your quarterback trying to get short yardage and and you know running that sort type of strategy in a short yard situation, uh, and that's become something and, and that's created an actual role for these quarterbacks that you know ne- would never have gotten a job they'd have to switch to tight end or something like that other otherwise during the draft. Uh, so we've actually seen somewhat of this happening in football, not just your standard subbing in for the same role because you're just tired, uh, but strategic, you know, uh, additions to the roster to make them a little bit more diverse. Okay. I think, yeah. I, sorry, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I think we can move on now. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> this one. yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's been interesting though. I, I actually, I like that we had like got to have like in depth discussion about this because I'm pretty sure it'll quickly become something that's, talked about quite a bit yeah definitely okay nge so uh you know we've had qualifiers for the nge tournament and now uh, it's moving on to the final eight teams and i think they're doing a round robin correct is it two groups of round robins or is it just like one big old group of eight and round robin yeah so there's a round robin group of eight and then once the round robin's done the top six teams advance through into another round robin where from that the top four teams will advance to the offline finals assuming the information I'm getting on Liquipedia page for Overwatch is correct. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So with the teams that we're, I think, competing right now, we got Kingdom Esports, uh, Citizen 7, Complexity, Immortals, FaZe, Luminosity, Kangarna, and Team Liquid. 
So, well, uh, so actually, guys, I, I think we have some breaking news. Okay. Uh, or at least it appears that over.gg Sideshow, who, by the way, is a fantastic content creator, over.gg yes. is a really great resource if you're looking to stay up to date on Overwatch news and tournament results, all that. Uh, but 18 minutes ago, Cla- uh, Sideshow publishes an article here, Cloud9 and Fnatic drop from NGE Winter Premiere. Uh, you can see this uh, on the winter premiere website they're no longer there and we just talked about the teams uh and they tweeted the link or they tweeted the image out as well without these teams on it uh and the the rumor here is that it's due to invites for og and apex season two uh so this has not been confirmed but uh i mean i don't know why else they would drop out this is a 100k tournament it's in north america it's coming up very very soon uh, the qualifiers envious are going on it. right now <laughs> yeah envious isn't in it uh so yeah i i guess uh i guess we'll just open it up with that i guess cloud nine and Fnatic are going to korea is basically what i mean it's not confirmed yeah that's so rough though (laughs) for cloud i mean okay no i'm not i'm not trying to be like bm to cloud nine or anything but for phase who's kind of been together for a while to like be passed over to the new cloud nine that that kind of sucks for FaZe, but it's also cool for Cloud9, like for Mendo and them, uh, and Rolf are going to be on the team moving over there, well, assuming they're going to Korea. Like, that's going to be a really big learning experience for them as a team, a really big bonding experience. And I'm curious to see how they come out from that whole event, like how strong they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Assuming well, they're going to Korea. Not, I mean, yeah. like, we, don't know. we don't know. Just speculate. <laughs> assuming. That I, I would be shocked as to it not being, I mean, it be a di- being a different reason for both of these top teams to drop out. Both of these teams, uh, you could say, were favorites, you know, at least top three or top four to win this tournament. And like Ben said, $100,000 tournament, that is one of the top prize pools that we have for Overwatch. Uh, and having a good chance of winning at it, I think most teams would definitely jump at that. So a uh, little bit, so definitely an unfortunate thing for NGE because, you know, these are two big names, two very, very good teams. Could have been made for some great, great matchups. Um, but we still got some, you know, definitely still some solid uh, teams here in you know, at least NA teams. That, that we see here and uh hopefully it will still be some great matches but complexity might win a tournament yeah they're like, you say that like with, with such such surprise or no i i love the guys yeah, okay I, I, I was gonna say like man. their big competitors aren't really at at the event it seems so far yeah, yeah. i think I mean, they have a good chance to make it to the up on finals they played well at M- uh, mlg Phase, you know, obviously phase two. So, uh, luminosity being here too. I think um, we were talking a little bit before the show that it'll be great to see how far they've come with just playing together more. We we saw them in the qualifiers, but we haven't gotten a chance to see them since. I'm sure they're going to look a lot better now that they've been able to practice for a few more weeks. And like thinking about form of teams, because um, I know a lot of team, like a lot of teams took time from MLG till like today or or yesterday off. Like, teams have just started scrimming again. Like, for instance, Misfits, they've just started scrimming again. Uh, even Rogue. For someone who's, like, complexity, I don't know, I don't actually personally know if they took a break from MLG, like, them and FaZe, till now. And if they didn't, then they have to be in some really good form coming into the event. Yeah. That'd be definitely good to see. See some more Sombra, man. That'd be, that'd be great. Wouldn't say no to that. As long as it's not in Hollywood. I already casted that match enough. I don't need to see more Sombra in Hollywood again. (laughs) Ever again. (laughs) God. So Apex Season 2, you brought that up. Uh, That's obvious. The word is that's coming up soon. And 
don't know, any word on how many Western teams will be there? You guys have any idea? Is it going to still be two, four, many? It's got to be more than last season. Right. Well, I, I, mean, I would imagine yeah. it has to be. Well, think about some other missing teams from NA in the in the winter premiere. Uh, you know, we don't see... Uh, uh, we're not seeing, of course, uh, Siegel and his buddies playing this one. So maybe they're back going back to Korea. I think they had a really good time when they were there. So who knows? Maybe uh, Siegel's headed back to Korea. Uh, the un- Siegel tour. Unsure on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hard to like, say. They have to be. Like, oh, God, how, how big these teams are there. Um, and what I'm curious about is how many. So if this is, if this, we're assuming this is right, you have Cloud9, Fnatic, Envious, Energy. So would there be four NA teams? And then what about EU teams? Is there going to be an equal representation between NA and EU? So could we potentially see like eight Western teams and like eight Korean teams wow. and be like a 16-team tournament or a 16-team league? That's a lot of teams. Eight I don't know, teams like, over Korea for three but... months? That is a long time. Yeah, and actually now I'm thinking, just thinking out loud, like what's going on in Europe right now? It's really quiet. Like, is there, is there, are there any events, Jason, that you know of going on? Nope. I literally time? don't know any single event I'm even working with or casting this, this whole year so far. Cause, well, from what I understand, Blizzard's not giving up much licensing for events because they want to be very, like, critical about the events coming up, especially with what's mm. happened with a certain tournament. Um, I know I'm personally working on, like, getting ESL to host some tournaments for, for Europe. But I don't like from what I'm hearing, we ha- we're going to be able to. It's just about you know working stuff out. But like big tournaments, like majors, not a freaking clue. Sadly, not a clue. I mean, if you have some of the big teams over in, gosh, if it let's just say it was eight teams. If you had eight teams going to Apex, it's like what? That's it's hard to have anything left over here to do. Do um, some yeah. really interesting big events that we, that can get some viewership. So that's pretty tough. Um, the biggest thing to wonder about is when the league is going to be announced like that's happened in 2017 right i mean i hope we don't wait another year (laughs) please like halfway through 2017 i feel like would be too late so hopefully it's it's guaranteed 2017 i hope it's first quarter 2017 too like starting or announced i mean at least announced i would hope it starts q2 otherwise i mean you only have a half a year left that's that's not enough well, to I know do a league, right? I, I know they've talked about only doing like a four or five month league and then have like the mm. rest of the time be off season for like third party events. Wow. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the league short. doesn't start till okay. like Q3. Oh, uh, I'm if sure. it's only four or five months then, okay, that's that's different. Yeah. I would bet a lot of money that it's starting this year, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even Q3, Q4 around that time. Okay, so if it's four or five months, I guess that does work out second half. Um, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time for off-season, <laughs> six, six, seven months. I guess a lot of third-party event organizers are probably pretty thrilled about that. <laughs> well, yeah, look what happened with, with LCS. Is there any third-party events done uh-huh. in League of Legends? Only IEMs. Uh, yeah, there's like two IEMs a year. Exactly, and that's like heavily 100% influenced by Riot, who get to say who goes to the event, like what teams and what casters. I'm I'm ecstatic that Blizzard's going to be doing a lot of third party events because it gives a lot of teams who don't necessarily have the chance to like sh- to rise up and shine a lot of casters who don't have the chance. Yeah. Because like if you're cast if you want to be a league caster and you don't work for Riot, 
you're not a lead caster. <laughs> like, same thing with Blizzard and the league coming up. Like, luckily for this, with third part, so many third party events happening, I, assuming it goes that way, mm-hmm. um, then there's a lot more uh, longevity for people to work in Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, for sure. Okay. But before we move on uh, NGE, because yeah. I'm assuming we're done with that, I, just, yeah. I want to bring this up really quickly, because I asked about NGE before on my stream earlier today. I just want people like, who are going in to watch, watch it, mm-hmm. stop criticizing the casters. Like Everyone's so like locked in of wanting to see these certain casters every single time, but you have to give people a chance. Like Give these guys a chance. Don't like judge them so harshly because they don't necessarily have like the same experience casting Overwatches like your ZP, your Hexagrams, your Monte, your Doa. Give them a chance. Stop being dicks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Seriously, like stop that's being true. dicks. Like be let, them, let them try. You can be critical. You can be crit- critical Constructive criticism is actually it's... something that's really hard to get. You know, Jason and I, both casters, a lot of the time there's just blatant, just outright like hate or negativity and almost no direct references to like what they actually think they didn't do right so i would uh i would take what jason said and say if you have criticism and if you don't like a caster if you want to write about it at least at very least try to give some constructive criticism so they can improve over time uh because yeah uh we're it's still such a young game we're still going to see new talent arise we're still going to see current talent probably drop out you know things are going to change continuously uh look at sata kiss and cs yeah that guy was doing call of duty he did he did one event um he was a tribes caster there you go (laughs) and now he's he's just so you know he's the pair with henry g of cs of the year like give people a chance don't be too harsh don't be dicks yeah and they have a pretty good production. They ha- we were, I think we were talked about a few shows ago, Ben. They, they have a, a very nice, yeah. They have a really nice studio and setup there, and um, you know they're kind of a new organization to to um, organizing esport events. So it looks like they want to do this for a while, and you know we want to encourage third party event organizers, especially ones that that do that potentially can can uh, afford to do really cool setups to continue to do them. So yeah, don't scare them off, guys. You know, don't be dicks, like like Jason said. Okay, that, I think that's yeah. going to be uh, it for the esports. So next segment is hopes for 2017. So uh, last episode we did kind of best of, you know, just our picks for for what we thought were the best players and teams and all that good stuff. But we never really talked about what we hoped for in this coming year uh, in terms of Overwatch esports or whatever, just the game and what, personally what we're hoping for. So who wants to start? Uh, should should we start with a category first? This is a little bit on the fly here. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I honestly, I wish I had more time. Uh, I wish we had thought of doing this segment earlier. Yeah, so we, we literally thought into it because do it. I think we could do it an entire show on this. I mean, we could we could yap about our wish list for the game itself. You know, yeah. for the community development, whatever. I, I have probably that. ten things I want to put on this list, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you think we should do it by category. Just just start going. I don't know. I could yap for a while. Okay, uh, I'll start. Let's start. Let's start like with East. Let's divide it at least into esports and then the game. Like you know, just kind of separate it a little bit there. So how about esports? Let's start with esports first. All right, esports. I want to see an all like pretty much like the World Cup, but with like one team representing each. Oh shit! It's basically the World Cup. Wait, but it's how the, wow, I'm an idiot. What? 
I want to one team representing each of the countries. Okay. I don't know. That's like literally the World Cup, and I'm World Cup with no community voting, just like the actual. I want to see. Yeah, like I want to see like. The most of Maybe, like, yeah, basically. You, you can have a bench in that scenario, actually, going back to our previous topic. Have a coach and a bench and have like eight, ten man rosters. Like yeah, what true. I'm thinking of is what is the um the MSI tournament. Or not like the MSI tournament slash all stars for, for League of Legends, like an all-star yeah. thing, like the best Genji, one v one Genji matchups and stuff like that. Um like even the casters playing against each other where we, like we saw um at All Stars. So Olympics type of like yeah, I would lo- I would love yeah. to see that. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a celebration after like the league's finished for the year or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be cool. I, I think it would be even cool if you know obviously content makers were were voted on some of these teams. You know, have them actually make content. You know, like that's really promoting the you know their their country team and and um, you know have have a a planned uh, or at least a plan for like marketing in in terms of that too. I think that would be pretty sweet. You know, promoting the teams that way. That'd be cool. I mean, there's a really obvious one for this section, and it's simply just launch the OW League. <laughs> uh, beyond That's obvious. Right. Uh, so obvious, it's hard, shouldn't even talk about it. But we got to see what this thing is, man. I mean, it's it's still the most ambitious esports plan I've ever even heard of. You have teams tied to locales, to have the combine. All of this has never been tried before. Cannot wait to see it happen. Can't wait to see this league finally launch. Uh, Blizzard has a lot of work left ahead of them. Oh man, because this is oh man, this is this is something like we've never really seen before in, in Overwatch or in any esport, rather. Uh, so yeah, yeah, get it off the ground, Blizzard. Love to see that. Uh, for me, I'd like to see it's more of a production thing. I'd like to see the, um, and I'm not gonna just go, oh, I want more stuff in spectator mode. I, I just want to see the st- the production, the the um, best practices, the, uh, the the epitome, the model of what you know Overwatch esports should be from a uh, from a viewing standpoint. I still don't think we're there. Like I still think there there are still some mistakes made in terms of which characters we're showing at, at the wrong time, and, and I think it, it's just a matter of getting people together and really. Um, analyzing like a lot of odds, what we should do, what we should try, and what we should try to avoid, and um, even from a staff wise, like, like what do we need? Like I, I think we're getting closer to that point. Like we're we actually have enough cameramen now. We probably do have a director. I don't know if that directors or the directors or are still fit enough to do the job. Like at at the best, uh, you know, just at the highest level. But um, yeah, I. I want to see a step forward in that. I think I'd be pretty happy to see like maybe one or two steps forward in terms of, of us avoiding just the crazy shaking cameras and, you know, like uh, stuff that's just hard to watch for, for folks that we're trying to get into Overwatch esports. I actually have one more hope for the esports side of things mm-hmm. uh, and maybe a little bit different than what most people would expect. I hope that someone puts good infrastructure in for the amateur and casual players, uh, because like what, as like someone a that's casual played, league, or what do you mean? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, as someone who's played first-person shooters competitively since, uh, well, more than half of my life, from ages like twelve to twenty-two, I played games competitively. Uh, there was a period in the yesteryear. Uh, the previous generation of esports, the pre-2008 generation of esports, where Cal uh, League and CPL were so huge that even your 
friend at like your random buddy at high school who you didn't even think was a gamer would be playing on like a Counter-Strike in a league with a team that they like paid entry for. Uh, this is something that ever since Cal and CPL died, no one has filled these shoes. Uh, I, and I think it would be incredibly, incredibly beneficial for the entire ecosystem if we can actually bring in lots of, I'm not even talking about like amateur on the cusp players. I'm talking about like, you know, leagues for players in like the diamond to, to master's range, like the thousands and thousands of players that are in that range, you know, tens of thousands of players in that range should have a way to play organized league play. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I can I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And it'd even be nice to have like the challenger league, uh, you know, compared to the legends have a lot of support from blizzard. I remember hearing stories from so many players, um, who played in Challenger for League, who struggled with, like, DDoS. Like, DDoS was so prevalent in terms of, like, qualifying for Challenger that teams constantly were being disconnected, constantly being DDoSed, and and Riot wasn't doing anything about it. And there was so much abuse of, like, rules and such like that. And that's really toxic in terms of, like, trying to keep League as a, as a major esport. And what, what Fishix is saying in particular, like, it's a pyramid, right? You have to support the bottom of the pyramid to support the top. And continually funnel in new talent and funnel in new players into the top echelons of Overwatch. You're gonna need a strong base, and that's something that, if if not Blizzard, someone out there has to take care of. Yeah, it's a it's that whole grassroots thing, right? And you just elongating the the span of which people play Overwatch too. Because, um, you know, it's obviously ideal whenever you can still love a, a sport or a game, even though you don't play it. But in esports, it's still most optimal when people are playing the game. <laughs> you know, they're going to stay interested in the esports scene if they're playing it, like, almost, you know, a very large amount of percent. The engagement is huge, you know, in, in terms of that. So, yeah, I think that would be, you know, that'd be great. And... I'm surprised that nobody's... I mean, people have tried. It's not like people haven't tried to create these kind of... Yeah, and just, actually... I don't know why. Like, it, it's never... It's either not executed well, we, we right or it's just... right now. Or marketed right. Let me see. Yeah, folks in chat are just saying like, hey, you know about this league? It's open and it has 20 teams every week. And uh, we saw... A couple of people said that. Uh, the, 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 there is a difference, though, between a weekly tournament for newcomers and like a really well-established huge league where instead of playing an entire tournament in a weekend you play one match a week for months and that's an entire season and you get paid out with points or actual money uh, at the end or even better would be blizzard builds the tournament system directly into overwatch so it's mind-numbingly easy to enter legitimate tournaments with like actual credibility behind them i think that would be like the ultimate dream scenario uh, but when I'm talking about like this yesteryear <laughs> of esports, I'm not talking about 20 teams signing up for an open tournament. I'm talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of teams participating in the same uh, league. It's a little bit different that's, scale. Yeah, that's that's. There a was lot of five time. five leagues within a game. There was Cal O, which is like Cal Open, Cal I M for intermediate, Cal M for Cal Main, Cal P for Cal Premier, and then Cal I, which is the most prestigious you could have possibly been, which was invite. Along the lines of that, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Fish Sticks, but something I'd hope for is a team Q and ranked that actually meant something. 
Because in League, they do they have team ranked, and that's how you originally get like picked to go in towards Challenger or to qualify for Challenger to be like one of the top ten teams or something. I would love for a, a team queue to be in the game, and then that feeds into tournaments. And or you can make a team queue like in League, you can make like a guild or whatever, or whatever it's called these days, a clan, and queue for tournaments within the game. Like that'd be so sick to do. Like in StarCraft, they have that, don't they? They have tournament these like random system. tournaments that happen every it. day. Yeah, they added yeah, the tournaments. That'd be so sick to year. have. Yeah. And then even if you don't win money. Doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. five hundred credits, in-game credits, for first place per player, something like that. Like that costs Blizzard nothing, and it helps get people playing competitively. Yeah. Um, also, in-game, awesome. in-game client stream would be sick. <laughs> that would that be too. really yeah. cool. Yes, that would be. That would definitely be great. How about these words a ton too? <laughs> if you could, you could just watch. Just you know, stream. just something small. Yeah, yeah just, like, just oh, small. <laughs> it's so big for people who don't even know about tournaments and such, like. It's such a big thing. Like, well, for instance, like MLG, right? When people were looking for esports, they looked to Twitch. But imagine people who don't even really know about esports, That's and right. they're like log in. They're like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, all these people are really good." And then they start watching. Then they get involved, either casting or supporting or playing or whatever. There's so much to be done. Yeah, there's definitely so much to be done. Knock them out one at a time. That'd be great. Okay, so why don't we move on to games? Like, what what, what do you hope for the actual game itself? Heroes, maps, whatever, anything. I can't stick to like one or even three things here. <laughs> okay. I need to rant. <laughs> you need to rant. Oh no! Here we go. All right. Ben I mean, the, we've been design. talking about none of these are a surprise to anybody. We've been talking about them probably since day one of the show. Stats. Yes. Please, for the love of God, stats. We need stats for the cat, for the commentators, for the casters, for the analysts, etc. Number two, demos or recordings, ways to watch a match after it happened within the game climate, replays so that you can zoom around, go watch whatever aspect you want of it. Also, clearly a no-brainer. We'll elevate the level of play like instantaneously. Movie makers, frag videos will become an an entirely new tier of uh, from what we've seen before. Uh, And I'll just throw in number three. Just can you nerf Anna in any point this year? Please. (laughs) Anytime. She has been nerfed. She has a nerve. 0% generation. Once. Hello. <laughs> oh, not just that. And then boost. she got bumped about a grenade. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Another nerf is what he's saying. She needs more nerfs, is what he's saying. Okay. All right. Jason? What do you got, Jason? So uh, don't touch Anna. No, 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 no. Um, new game mode. I want to see yes, yeah. like one, two minimum new game modes. Not necessarily implemented as a competitive game mode, but I want to see new game modes and maybe a PVE thing as well. Like that, the whole Junkenstein yep. revenge they had was really cool. It was really fun. Yeah, I I, I think the the new game mode is definitely high on my list. Uh, also, I just want to see the ability to mod like some more. Like I, I want to see people be able to you know make their own maps and and just we talked about this last week. Just a little bit more in the arcade and. And uh, really develop that out because I, I still think the arcade is a uh, crazy, crazy smart uh, model or just a, at least a, um, an aspect of the game that allows for new content to be made without Blizzard having to spend any resources in doing anything. Chris, yeah. Chris, what about an RPG mode or an MMO mode? Where you have to like get kills to get experience, like like Warcraft Three mod. And CS. Yeah, it's you have to get exactly. kills to get experience to, to exactly. level up your abilities to make them stronger. 
Wow. Okay. That's a little, your health. That's different. Or level up like cooldown reduction, so you can you have quicker cooldowns. Oh, you mean in the in the actual normal game, so you can buff your guy in the normal? No, no, game? no. Because like, you can have custom servers. Yeah. Like you can have yeah. your own, and you can mob them up differently. Like yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a server where like you get XP per kill or XP for like, yeah, yeah, assist yeah, sure, or healing, sure. and then you can invest those points into like more HP, or your healing bee by mercy does more healing, or you have quicker cooldown reduction, or your fire strike does 200 damage instead of 100 on Reinhardt. Like you can upgrade it. That'd be pretty huh. fun. Yeah. It's like Heroes yeah, of the Storm I, mixed less, with Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm less interested in like mutators and, and, mod, uh, and mods to the gameplay itself. More interested in uh, custom co- uh, content creation and item, or sorry, and map creation. Um, uh, we're going to be old man FPS player here, but every, <laughs> can, every single uh, successful FPS game that's not named Call of Duty on console ever has only been successful because of user-made maps. I mean, even if you look at like StarCraft, like all of those maps were user-made. Uh, they weren't Blizzard made. Uh, not all of them, but a huge portion of them at the at the top tier uh, in Brood War and in StarCraft II even. Towards the later time, they started really integrating the, the user-made maps. Uh, can you imagine if, you know, if there was a way for Blizzard to really integrate with the modding community and, and get great content that we'd have dozens of awesome new maps like every year, potentially, uh, to throw into the pool and it would keep tournaments so, so fresh to have all of that. That would be amazing. I This is crazy buying this guy. I just want to see them pull the arcade out of all the games and just add it as a separate thing on Battle.net and then just have you know all the different arcades flood, flood into that and have that be... There's just so much potential in the arcade. Oh God, it just kills me. It's killed me. What you mean, years. like where custom custom oh. modes are like cycled into the arcade? Gosh, yeah, I like mean, custom users? modes and and mods and whatever custom games made by by just all the just the the APIs that are made available to them, right? Like Starcraft's API, right? It's pretty much just open to to everybody. Obviously, what you make is still owned by blizzard you know that's that's Dude, very, very i would clear. play reinhardt but... pool where you're on a giant pool table with giant pool balls and you have to <laughs> there, there use your you charge go. to hit balls in yes i would play that totally there are a lot of people that play it there's there are a lot of fantastic games even just in the starcraft arcade you could totally do the same thing in the overwatch arcade and just just mix them all like just just have them all in one place and that would be amazing too and i just it'd just be so good for blizzard too i think to have that that um you know i don't know what you call it you can call it like a more uh, simpler game uh, um you know marketplace for them uh but just to have you know everybody that just loves blizzard products have this avenue just to play with their friends too it's like a it's kind of a social thing too you know you can you can do with your friends not not just you know within each each uh, ip and title you know in, in each brand so um yeah that's that's like beyond overwatch but I, that would be amazing that's not gonna happen. Not holding my breath for that one in 2017. <laughs> Maybe 2020. <laughs> Maybe that that something like that for uh, years years in advance. Um, and then lastly, I just want to see um, let's say three new characters this year. I think that'd be cool. Like one every four months. I'd be pretty happy with that. That's about the rate it's been coming so far. So yeah, and maybe even a little bit faster, right? Technically, custom voice packs. Some voice packs, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I mean, sorry, like announcer voice packs. 
So like, a Jason Kaplan. So I can get the no, buy the Jason Kaplan bundle. Fish sticks? I would love to have a fish sticks one. For what character? I know a lot of people would, yeah. No, no, no. Announcer pack, not like hero packs. Like, not oh, for like oh. Reinhardt to change his voice, but like for the announcer of like double kill, team kill. Oh, I see. Just a general in game. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd definitely be cool too. You could sell those too, right? <laughs> or you I'd buy it. sell them with credits and stuff. Yeah. Just open that up a bit. That'd be good. Just open the whole marketplace for it a bit. Because we, we still can start gambling with these. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I mean, that's pretty concise. That wasn't too bad, right? I mean, I know, Ben, you, you probably have a million other things to, to add to it, but realistic things, you know, I, I think um, it, it'll be interesting to see how much the team grows, too. Like, do you guys know how, how much has, has the team hired on a bunch of guys? Do you guys know? When the game first came out, I remember them saying that the entire team working on it was about 80 people. And I know very quickly after that, just a few months later, it was over 100 already. So it seems to me like they're hiring at a pretty good clip. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the latest number is, but I'm sure they've continued to hire here and there. Oh, and one other thing, too, that's not game. Well, it's, it's you know, I guess it's the other thing, which is non-game. So just the general Overwatch world is I do want to see... Um, more animations come out, short animations. Maybe I'll just say five. I'll just throw out number five, which are animations. And then the graphic novel. I, I really want to see Overwatch be, you know, have some presence in that, that industry too. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I guess I have one more that I'll throw onto the list of non-game, non-esports directly related. I, well, I guess you could say it's esports related. I just hope that, we start to find a way to get the casual players more interested in competitive Overwatch. Uh, you know, you just we've talked about this many times as well. You just look at the or the main Overwatch subreddit. Uh, the moderator that's there, God bless their hearts, they actually keep the sidebar up to date with a lot of information about tournaments. You know, they do sticky threads, um, but a, a sticky thread, I, I like instantly like look past sticky threads that's just how like my reddit habits are i don't really look at the sidebar like what we really need to see really i really hope we see is the competitive side of things the esports side of things actually filter into the main subreddit and uh just the main community as well because you know right now the game is sold like hotcakes it's got tens of millions of players but the actual community that's interested in the competitive side of things to me, only seems like it's about a, a few hundred thousand people at very most. It's it's probably like mm-hmm. less than five percent of the player base. If we could get it to twenty percent of the player base, like that's casually interested in esports, suddenly Overwatch is one of the biggest esports in the world. Uh, but that's a big gap to make up. So got to figure out how we do that. Yeah, the in-game streamer I think would be like would make huge, <laughs> huge. Uh progress in terms of that because all these people still don't know about competitive overwatch you know like like you said only a few hundred thousand i mean what do you think five percent probably five percent out of all the the overwatch players right now in the world know even that there is a competitive overwatch scene and they don't even know it's been on tv you know (laughs) like they it's I, i think the fact if they just saw it then it would it would you know make a big big impact on them and it'd be kind of cool, right? I think a lot of people that play Overwatch would think it would. It's like, wow, this is actually like a sport. It's wow, just like any other any esports, right? When you're explaining to somebody who doesn't know anything about esports. It's it's always fascinating to see the reaction. 
especially with their favorite now, game. Again, this is why this is why a tournament system built into the game could be so so important. Even I mean, putting the stream in the launcher or right in the front and center, fantastic. But I think even better for long term growth would be getting more casual players, not just playing ranked, but playing an organized team based competition. I think would be the best way to open it up. Okay, well, that I think that's it for that's going to be it. I mean, if we decide to do a part two, guys, we'll do a part two next week. If we uh, we have some time to fill. Well, yeah, there's again a lot more things. Um, but why don't we take some questions, Q and A portion of the show, like we always do. Uh, we didn't have any emails this week, so just a reminder: if you guys listening uh, via iTunes or what, wants to, uh, if you guys want to ask a question for us to read off during the show go ahead and email that to the overview at chainmanv.tv and we'll definitely be able to read that out for you guys uh do you want to give a shout out to to uh not not tay i believe is his name on itunes for leaving a five-star review and a nice comment for us uh it's the a really good way to help out the show guys if you do listen to the show on itunes to leave a five-star review and a nice comment helps out the seo on itunes for people to find uh, the overview when they're looking for over overwatch podcasts so, yeah, if you do it, if we got everybody that listens to the, the show on iTunes to just leave a review, that would help out immensely. So think about it, guys. Definitely think about it if you like the show. Only if you like the show. If you don't like the show, ignore what I just said. <laughs> uh, but it's, let's take some questions. Uh, yeah, I guess we can take it from Twitch chat. You can tweet me, too, at ChainmanV. I'll, re- I'll be able to see those, like, immediately. But, uh, yeah, Jason and Ben, why don't you take a look at Twitch chat and see if we got anything here. Uh, not a question, but a pretty interesting little tidbit from one of our chatters, Jessica Casey, or Jessica CK, I don't know, uh, <laughs> who says, well, I found esports overall from in-game stream in CSGO. So not only would it oh. bring more people into Overwatch, but apparently people into esports in general uh, have found it through in-game streams. So there you go. I know that's only one person, but anecdotes <laughs> do do tell a story here. All it what takes about is a bunch of one one person? Uh, our Bornity in chat says Blizzard just needs to release loot boxes with Overwatch League. God damn it, he just scrolled off. Uh, themed items and the casuals are in. Imagine being a TSM fan from League of Legends and you see a TSM logo spray or something. Boom. There you I, go. I somehow feel like Blizzard's too protective of their art style and world building yeah. to throw in like. I agree. I, I have a slight gut feeling that that is not on their radar or not something they want to do, but we'll see. Maybe once the league's out, they'll they'll feel more compelled to do that. Uh, but I wonder what it's. I wonder what the internal team is like when in terms of how they feel about esports. Like, does the art team like all gung ho about esports, or do, are they you know more? Oh no, you know it's like we don't really care that much about the competitive side of it. We you know we care much more about the artistic side of it. I wonder, I wonder what it's like there. I'm sure everybody just generally, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, um, you know, in terms of, again, affecting the actual content itself for things like that, I wonder how they would feel. All right, what's the next, another one here? Got a bunch in, the str- in Twitch. How many questions? A lot of comments. Yeah. Yeah, ask your questions, guys, if you got anything. What about an option to disable cosmetics in normal ranked games? B. Doty. 
Oh, so just, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah like going back to standard skins and things like that. I don't know. Have you guys seen skins yeah. as being a big problem? Not really. I Not personally, personally don't, but I, I can understand. I mean, <laughs> you go back to the old Quake days where every single pro player played with uh, this server command or this uh, console command that basically turned your enemy into this the largest possible bright green model that has the most recognizable uh, grunting noise when he jumps, like, and they would turn all their graphics down to bare possible minimum. So there's literally no distractions. We're never going to get that. Um, you know, what, what I, what, you know, if Blizzard implements it, would I be like happy or sad? Not really. I think pro players would like it a lot, but I really don't think it's that big of a deal personally. Yeah. It feels like a pretty minor thing. I don't think I'll, it would affect a lot of people's take on the game. So there's a question from uh, Archer. Archer. I, I can't Archer say the name. Archer. Rister. There you go. Uh, do you think Tony should post VODs without casters as well? Because I want to start to analyze the games and casters sometimes would be a problem. So if what Fishix was saying, we had demos, then you wouldn't need to because you'd have demo packs released from every tournament like they do in StarCraft. But there's no other tournament that I've seen except not to like toot my own horn here. Um, Oh my god, the the Atlantic Invitational that we did so long ago. This oh. was um the closed beta phase two right before it shut no closed beta phase two right before the server shut down. Um where we did clean feed VODs done by one amongst many. So he recorded VODs with no casting over it that people could practice with if you wanted to like practice casting. Oh nice. But uh, demo packs uh, would be definitely a big start because then, then you can cast off a demo. Yeah, cast, review them. Like, like you said, content makers go nuts over them. Oh, here's a, here's the sticky one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How worried are you about yeah, Blizzard Jay courting Ambrose. such high-profile VC venture capital for a league in a notoriously volatile genre of esports, do you think this will ultimately hurt Overwatch? Uh, I think the only way this hurts Overwatch is if, like, somehow people just get sick, so sick and tired of the meta, of the competitive uh, meta, that, like, the games are really, really boring and really, really uh, unexciting, that, like, the league, no matter all, like, all this investment gets poured in and nobody ends up watching it. I just don't see that happening i mean enough people play the game enough that once this is launched and advertised and as long as we get continue to have patches that make the game better and move in the right direction i don't like vc alone is not going to hurt the the game what what i'm more concerned about i'd say is how this affects the entire industry uh if there's an incredibly massive investment in overwatch itself and it doesn't get the viewership that this, that everyone is kind of expecting and hoping for. And if it kind of falls a little bit short of where Blizzard expects it to go, this could scare away VC and mainstream sports money in the future. But in terms of looking at Overwatch in isolation, no, the, the, this is going to add so much hype, so much, uh, you know, salary is going to go to the players and the team owners and the analysts and the casters and everything. Like this is going to be a huge boon to the community, at least in the short term and until it, the the only like scenario where it's not is if it really falls entirely completely flat uh then it could i guess 
make us look bad or something. But in terms of <laughs> Overwatch and isolation, yeah. like this is this is going to be huge. Yeah, I I, I, I have the same sentiments. I, I'm I'm in the same boat as like a lot of money coming into Overwatch or esports or whatnot is generally a good thing like you can't i can't argue against that like it's either we get a lot of money or we don't have any money right coming flowing into into the space so actually having large vcs high profile vcs coming in is no question a great thing now the only thing to worry about is whether like how prudent they're going to be about you know working with um well a understanding the space and understanding the space for me means Either partnering up, you know, acquiring, you know, hiring whatever whatever way. Uh, people who've been in esports, you know, endemically in esports for a long time, uh, whether that's like you know what the the seventy sixers did and picking up Dignitas, or it's like hiring um, you know just certain people to be you know director of esports, like uh, you know, even Seb just Seb Park recently for the Rockets. Um, as long as the right, you know, there are esports people that understand esports working with these people who are successful in other businesses too, then I think that's a recipe for success, you know, in terms of, of esports. Where we've seen failures before from, you know, non endemic people coming into esports is when they don't have anybody that's actually knowing what they're doing in terms of just the space and what works and what doesn't work. And they're just like literally throwing money at everybody. And yeah, players, players uh, uh, benefit some even events benefit in the short term because they get a big old lump of cash, but in the long term, you know, it ends up failing and it just, it does hurt esports from an overall standpoint. So, um, as long as, you know, that happens and it seems like Blizzard is being, you know, pretty careful about that too. And how, how they're trying to figure out how these bids are going to work too. I mean, they're going to be selective about who gets these bids. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's a good chance of success. Jason, what are your thoughts? I don't know if I have like any different or new thoughts than what you guys have already said. Um, what I'm interested in is something I just kind of thought of and I heard today about Counter-Strike, uh, I guess somewhat related to this, not necessarily exactly related to it, that kind of goes along the lines of uh, is it FC Copenhagen, uh, a football club, is paying 20 grand per player a month as salary for the team they just picked up. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which is like <laughs> leaps and bounds beyond any team out there. Did that oh, in the entirety of esports? And that kind yeah, of that's shows like... the kind of money that these outside ventures, these VCs, can bring to. But that's e-sports. not good. I mean, not necessarily good. Doing no. I mean that that coming in like that and just basically just screwing the market, especially when somebody that doesn't necessarily know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do, but I'm just saying like you affect the market of esports by by creating a precedent like that. And yeah, but didn't we just talk about this not too long ago with salary caps versus no salary caps? Yeah, we did, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean. It can be a good and bad thing to establish a precedent that, I mean, we're talking about value, right? If the value does match what like the player's value is, if they're not being paid the amount that they should be, then yeah, this, those type of things can correct, you know, be a correction uh, um, tool. But if there isn't that happening, and then this team comes in and goes and, and overpays by a lot, that that's actually really bad for the sport, especially in the beginning of 
of everything. Because then everybody that's coming into the sport is like, oh, you mean we have to pay these players like 20000 a month? Oh, that's a, that's a bigger investment than I was anticipating. And it's like, no thanks. You know, and th- that's going to happen. I mean, at the same time, if you're like a big esports club or a big cl- uh, sports club and you want to get an esports, you could just buy your way in, but you bring a lot of prestige from that as well. Like, imagine, oh God, I can't even think of like a team, whatever. The, the Patriots picked up an esports team. Mm-hmm. That would bring so much attention in the world, or okay, fine, just the US, whatever. Um, towards esports, just because you have such a prestigious name joining, I don't. I don't think people are going to care that. Oh, or, or I mean, I don't think people are going to care that like your Cloud Nines can't pay their players fifty grand a month because of how much notoriety and prestige and attention you're bringing to esports with such a big club or or, or a sports organization joining esports. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it really helps push the bubble of where esports is. Yeah, but the th- them coming into the east, them coming into the scene doesn't mean they have to wreck the market, right? I mean, you, you don't have to wreck the salary, like the, how much the players are being paid necessarily. Um, it's well, hard. Do we think players it, it's are being hard underpaid. To, I mean, it's hard to define what it is. They're not being underpaid now. I mean, just come on, like the viewership for for Overwatch right now, is, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't match what what. Um, I, I'm not. I, I don't know what the players are getting paid. So what I should really speculate. In this, in this oh, but you're talking. Oh, you're talking about Counter Strike in the, that particular case. Like, um, do you, I don't think players make nearly enough money. The the players who are really successful, are the ones who have popular streams off the back of that. And you can't have like a. I mean, you can have a career, a professional career off of esports, yes, but it's not going to be long lasting. You're not going to be at the top level for your entire life. And what are you going to do after? Okay. And I mean, if you fair. if you start to pay them a lot of money, I mean, eventually when their careers die out, they stay in the scene, right? They stay in esports, and the money that they've made, they invest back into esports by, you know, organizations or new talent, etc. I mean, isn't that kind of ha- what happened with football a little bit or uh, traditional sports? People who got paid a lot of money stuck stuck around and kept investing their money and time and fame that they accrued through playing and making that much money back into the scene. I could be completely wrong. I don't, I don't know, know if I'm them just, putting it back like, in this. I mean, players stick around. I mean, p- players become analysts and things like that just just because it's the best uh, opportunity for them after they they're playing. But um, I mean, well, that's ter- what I mean. Like, if you if you if your goal is if you could either go to college or become a pro player mm-hmm. and become a pro player, like say you're guaranteed to be a pro player, or guaranteed to go to school and finish a degree. But if you go pro player, you can make twenty grand a month. Yeah. For as long as you can remain a pro player, you're gonna take that probably because that's your passion. But if it's like, oh, I could make 3K a month and then not yeah. really have enough money to support myself after, then maybe you choose college. I don't know. It's just it's, thoughts. But It's hard to say. Like, to be honest, like, I don't actually know the market for CSGO, you know, but I'm just imagining if somebody came into Overwatch and started paying the players 20, 20 a month, like right now. That would wreck the market right now, I think. And it would... You know, it wouldn't be a proper assessment of value for for the players. Maybe in CS:GO, uh, players are worth that much for the top teams. I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. That that probably is a fair no. Okay, so it's not. I mean, well, no, again, like, no, I don't no. know. Even Hastro, maybe. Even yeah. Hastro tweeted out, "There's a big economic shift coming now for CS because of that 20k. Because you set that standard. That's now, what I'm talking about. At that point, yeah. The other orgs are gonna have to rise up to that occasion. Yeah, it's." And, and sometimes it's a good thing because, the, like I said, the player—if the players are underpaid—this this ends up, 
you know, being a great thing. But if it's not, if it's the opposite, then that's a bad thing. When the organizations like have to get to a point where they lose money or they're barely even making money, you know, when the teams are barely making money, that's, that's probably the worst case scenario or they're losing money because the teams are what ends up being the, the, um, the vessel for the players to make money in these particular leagues and, and are just our esports right now. You know, like developers aren't paying the players directly. It's the teams that are paying the players. So in the end, the teams have to make money. Like all these people that like, get mad when teams are, you know, teams are making money and the players are getting crapped on. That has to happen, guys. They have to make money. They can't just make zero and the players make like 20000 a month. That just cannot happen. So, Well, um, I mean, in, in the, if this Overwatch League gets launched, I'm pretty sure there's going to be player stipends coming from Blizzard directly. Right. No, that's, that's cool. Uh, that's I would a guess in thing. that case as well, uh, which changes things a little bit, but it's still, still likely going to be an open market where VC could flow in however it... Well, not however. Blizzard will have control, but... Yeah. It's certainly going to make a big impact. Yeah, agreed. Well, look at China. You have the you have the, the APAC. Um, Banana Culture is the organization, the company that put on APAC in China, and the owner of Banana Culture is the son of the richest man in China. He's technically the <laughs> second richest richest man in China. Like for that region, and in general for the world and the, the economy of esports, that's a big grab for everyone to have the second richest person in China invested and have interest in esports who wants to make a, a damn arena in like one of the most popular places in Shanghai to host esports events there. Like, but as long as like, again, as long as it's deal. prudent, you know, like they're being prudent about it, you know, not getting ahead of themselves, you know, not before they understand the industry and just, you know, understand what ripples their actions are going to have. You know, if everybody, you know, if the stadium, if that is like what, you know, he foresees as being, uh, you know, something that can push esports or even make him some money, then that's ob- absolutely go for. But if you're just doing it because it's just like, oh, this is, you know, this is just kind of like a cool thing to do and I just happen to have the money and you do it and then it just ends up failing, you know, that's kind of thing happens in China a lot, guys. <laughs> you know, they're, they built these, I mean, look at the Olympics, they built this freaking crazy stadium and spent billions of dollars and, in hopes of looking like really awesome to the world. And then it's just like, it's completely wasteful. You know, like I, I'm just, that's the part that just worries me. Just as long as they're prudent about it, then everything will be fine. Cause the money, we always need money and we can always spend money in a smart way. Okay. Any other questions? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'd like, let's see if there's anything else. I like, uh, as Ben said, I like how this is supposed to be our quick show I or know. a short this show. It never and we've is. We've gone an hour show. and a half now. It's never a quick on like show. two topics that we've had. So that, that's another. So me and Jason and uh, we we were just all talking about um, just questions for the show, and we really want to integrate the questions with just the topics that we talk about because sometimes people ask about topics that we we end up you know, uh, as one of our segments, or we we end up covering our segments, and then the, the questions a bit nullified uh we'd like to like use your guys's questions to maybe even help create segments each week so i do highly encourage that you guys email them to the overview uh, at chainmb.tv so we can kind of do that and even if it's just like, a question that applies to something that we're talking about it'd be cool that if we bring up these questions during the show versus only in the q a section so we're gonna try to do that we'll try our best to do that in 2017 actually right, we wrap up
You guys see any other good questions? Guess or? so. Yeah. I gotta get some game time in. Today's my last day of break before uh, before back to the grind at Twitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the last day of vacation. So yeah, I think I need to put in like six to eight hours today. Oh <sighs> yeah, yeah, baby, that's good stuff. Get those so last you're gonna minute stream then, right? Ah uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> I like. I just got back from this Tahoe trip last night. I still my stuff is like everywhere. My room is a mess. I need to do some other stuff, but I think I'm going to stream, maybe. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. You well, you want to start off then, Ben, <laughs> with your shout out? You can you can give a, you can uh, plug your stream too. Uh sure. Uh you could follow me on Twitch. It's just fish sticks as it's written here on the show. Uh thanks to everyone who watches each week. We definitely appreciate seeing uh, our loyal viewers drop on in uh as time goes on. So, much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Make sure to hit the follow button here. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, there will be some events going on. It's really just the NGE qualifiers. It's actually a really quiet uh, time for Overwatch Esports, which does mean that like all the pro players are streaming. So still plenty to watch, <laughs> just not the tournaments. Uh, maybe you can watch my stream later. Maybe. We'll see. That's oh, not wow. how you sell that. Watch my stream. Watch my stream later, yeah, please. Watch not maybe. Yeah. Not maybe you can go watch Mendo or something. You can, you know, maybe watch my stream. No, watch his stream. <laughs> Definitely watch that fish takes his stream. <laughs> uh, Jason, you want to Thanks, do shout Chris. Out? Yes, anytime. I watch his stream. It's uh, fun. It's fun. Yeah, I watch it too. Yeah. Um, same pretty much as every week. Parents for letting me do what I wanted or got for helping me do what I want to do. Chairman for having me on the show. Ben for joining and having me on the show as well. Way back then, when you asked me to be on once, and then you just couldn't get rid of me. I was like a bad toe fungus. Um, I also stream as well at twitch.tv slash Jason Kaplan, but I stream around, well, assuming I wake up at proper times, around like 11 a.m. CET to like 4 or 5 p.m. CET. So you always give me a follow there, too. Okay, that's not bad times. Is it? Yeah. Wait, we're talking 4 no, or 5 p.m. Bad. Oh, p.m. Oh, that's early. Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah, for, for all you European viewers. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'll round things out. Give a shout-out to both of you guys, obviously, for doing the show. And um, everybody watched. Our, this is kicking off 2017. Uh, you know, Hopefully, we can continue to grow the show, do some more great things, uh, and have some great guests this year. Uh, but, yeah, look, definitely... You know, be on the lookout for just you know more cool things added to the show. We, we want to include you guys more and more and to develop the show even more. Just We're not complacent with where the show is right now so uh you know be on the lookout for cool things uh but if you want to catch the vods you can catch them on youtube.com slash they'll be posted tonight itunes again for all the listeners even the people on android too it's available on google uh, music slash podcasts if you're uh, an android user too uh, but you can find that there it's gonna be posted uh, i always post that at night so it'll be up by tomorrow morning so find us there and you know subscribe to that too for the feed there uh, and that's going to be it. Yeah, click the follow if you enjoyed the the stream. I stream Hearthstone too at night. I haven't been streaming Overwatch just because I've been I've been needing to get like a new monitor for a while just because uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to watch me play versus these guys. I got this, sixty but... hertz. I barely get sixty fps when I play. All right, all right. It's, I'm trying to make up an excuse as oh. to why I don't play Overwatch <laughs> on, on stream. But actually, when I do stream Overwatch, I get like no viewers. Like I get like. A fifth of the viewers, so that's that's probably the main reason. But don't worry, when when Ben and I stream, we get no viewers anyways. 
even if it's our, even when it's our main game. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's definitely tough. But okay, guys, that's gonna be it. Uh, yeah, just remember, last day for the Genji skin for Heroes of the Storm. So go and play those games, and uh, you know, last few days for loot boxes too for the holiday, the Winter Wonderland. So get those while you can. But that's gonna be it for the overview this week. So for Jason Kaplan, Fishsticks, and myself, Chan Man V, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.